Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2, the safe space created for Black women by Black women to strip away the taboo of talking about mental health. You'll hear from mental health professionals and advocates as well as Black women sharing their experiences as we break down the complexities, explore ways to heal, and support each other. My name is Ashley, I'm your host. Whether you're a seasoned regular or this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much for your support. Now let's get into today's episode. Black Girls Have Anxiety too. I'm your host, Ashley, and yeah, thanks for coming back for another episode. So we've got we've got a special guest today. Um, I don't know if he knows, but he's the first like guy that's ever been on this podcast. So I'm extra excited about this. Um, but today is gonna be a really fun conversation. Um, we've got Curtis Lee Thomas on the pod today. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for joining us, Thomas. Or, Thomas, I'm calling you by your last name, Curtis. <laughs> I'm too excited about today. Before. I'm amped up. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. I did not know that I am the only guy that's been on your show. Yes, yes. So, yeah. <laughs> Which makes sense because in the Google Doc, I was confused because it was saying like, hey, sis, you know, can't wait to record with you. And I, and I was like, oh, wait, is this my link? And I was looking for the link and so now I get it now. I get yeah. it. So I'm privileged and honored. Thank you very much. I uh, appreciate I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on. So um, before we can jump into it, um, I will just tell you a little bit about Curtis. He is a corporate mindful, mindfulness trainer and founder of Breathwork Detox. He's the number one best-selling author of The World is Yours, The Secrets Behind, um, The Secret, and the author of the number one new release on Amazon, How to Thrive in the Age of Anxiety, which I actually have sitting right here. I'm not done with it. I'm almost done with it. But um, I am super excited for today. We are going to talk all about breathing. And if you have anxiety or if you're just a human being, you already know breathing is uh, is essential, number one. Um but breathing plays such a huge part and whether whether you're conscious of that or not we're we're going to get into that today but before we jump in you know we got to do our icebreaker that I still don't have a better name for other than icebreaker but it's basically 3 minutes Curtis where I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions say the first thing that comes to mind if you got a story behind it feel free to tell us um yeah we just want to get to know you a little bit more okay shoot ready all right let's do it so are you an early bird or a night owl? Early bird. Early bird. Uh, favorite book that you've ever read? Ooh, um, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Oh, I need to write that one down. Never heard of that. Um, it's, it's a good story behind that one too. But keep okay. going. Okay. All yeah. right. Um, beach. Oh, say so you're if you're going on vacation, are you going to the beach, a cabin, or somewhere in the city, in a city? Oh, I'm going to the beach. Beach for sure. Any? What's your favorite beach? Blue ones. <laughs> any, any blue ones? Only blue water. Okay. Blue water, so I only East see. Coast beaches. No, yeah, I can no see California beaches. I can see when sharks are coming. Like that's okay. the water I need to be in. <laughs> need to see the sand. I, I hear that. Um, okay. The zombie zombie apocalypse is coming. Uh, who are you bringing with you? You got three people. Oh gosh. Who am I bringing with me? Zombie apocalypse. Uh, Smith, Weston, and Glock. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm not mad about that. I think I think you got a good uh, chance of making it through the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> um, you didn't want to bring AK with you, or just no? um, yeah, yeah, AK. He's with someone else. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's your favorite color? Blue. And don't say green because that's no. <laughs> <laughs> Not green? No, it's blue. It's blue. Okay. It's blue. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> um, would you rather visit a volcano or a forest? Oh, forest, for sure. Okay. Um, who is your uh who was your childhood crush? Actor, like celebrity crush. Oh, celebrity crush. When I was younger, like elementary school? Yeah. Elementary, Carmel. high school. Oh, I think I think it was Carmen Electra. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think that was common was like, back in the day. Yeah, she's probably back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Mm, best piece of advice I was ever given was to pay attention to the small things that we can see the big things coming from a mile away and small things that make the big difference and pay attention to how you do the small things because how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm. I want to end it right there, but we got one minute left, so we're going to keep going. <laughs> um, if you had an autobiography, what would the title be? Man from the Stars. Okay. <laughs> Same as Instagram. If, if you're not, if you're on Instagram, follow him on Instagram. That's his handle. <laughs> and I want to ask about that later. I, I'm curious where that came from. Okay. Um, if you could have any superpower, what would you have? Teleportation. Cool. That's a good one. Where are you going first? Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere. Okay. Top, top, of the, top of the pyramids. Boom. I'm going to pop up there real quick. Okay. I got that. That'll be the first spot. All right. Last one. What's your favorite magical or mythological animal? Ooh. Oh, I like this question magical i just remember that big white flying dog in the never ending story yeah that thing scared the hell out of me <laughs> no <laughs> uh-uh i used to change the channel when that thing <laughs> that thing looked too real <laughs> oh man that's funny <laughs> well thank you for um i feel like we know you a little bit more a little bit more now so that's great <laughs> that was great um so Curtis, I, well, let me, let me kind of tell everyone how we actually like got in touch. Um, so my brother reached out, he's, he's kind of on the same wave as me where I, I feel like we're always kind of looking for something to kind of better ourselves or, um, how can we kind of like have a breakthrough or, um, just looking for things to kind of be better, get better. So whether that is like a new supplement to take or a new class to take or somewhere you got to go or some like movie you got to watch. And um, he called me up one day, I want to say like almost two months ago and was like, sis, there's uh, remember the, the breathwork guy I told you about that I, that I saw a year ago or however long it was. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, there's a session tonight. It's a virtual session. I already got your ticket. You got to go that that was I had like four hours to make this decision 
And I was like, okay, you're, I've already, like, you already signed me up. It's like, yeah, I already signed you up. Like, you're good. Just go and like, put your email in. You're ready to go. Like, okay, cool. And I did not know what to expect. But what I did know is I remember the conversation I had with, with him um, after he did the session with you initially, and he did it in person. Mm, And I kid you not, like I could tell the difference (laughs) in, in him um, during that phone call, just, it sounded like he was like clearer and and just like thinking a little bit more clearly and kind of not rushing through life in that moment. Um, And I remember even after that, he had said like, I still feel the effects of that. Like I still feel that similar feeling that I felt that day. And I also felt like I released a lot, um, a lot of emotions, a lot of, a lot of stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I, I went to your virtual breathwork sesh back, breathwork detox sesh back in August and um, mind blown. I will just say that. Um, But for any, for everybody that's listening, Curtis, can you tell us like, what is breathwork detox? (laughs) yes it is first of all quite unexplainable as you can tell and i like to give the example trying to explain breath work is like trying to describe a kaleidoscope to a blind person right it's extremely difficult to do that so it can't really be explained uh it can only be experienced but to get a gist of what it actually is it's a deep diaphragmatic breathing technique uh, that is extremely cathartic. So it taps into your energetic body almost immediately, and you can feel that, and revitalizes, oxygenates your cells. Um, It also clears the energetic pathways in the body, which the um, Vedic Indian term is called nadis, N-A-D-I-S. And we have these 72,000 channels that run through our body, but you know, our Western medicine doesn't acknowledge it because anatomic anatomically, you can't cut it open and look at it, right? It's energetic. And uh, the, this breathing technique clears all those pathways out. And this is the reason why I'd say about without exaggerating, probably 60, maybe 70% of the people who do breath work um, end up crying. Then and all crying is is a huge emotional release because uh, things get you know stuck in the body, right? Trauma gets stuck in the body. We could talk about that later if you want. And you're lying down on your back, and your eyes are closed. Some people wear wear blindfolds to go a little deeper. And it's this three part breath, mouth open, really wide because that's the only way to get that oxygen into your system. And then using um, motivational messages and NLP techniques that I um, that I've learned and also music as well. And that combination, um, it takes you through a journey and literally a journey as if you were taking like a mushroom journey. It's that profound, um, in regards to the amount of emotional healing that can happen in just one session, uh, and the tremendous amount of clarity, you know, people experience a lot of clarity with breath work, and that's why I do it every single day. And there's a, a mystical component, too, because when you do this certain breathing technique, I love to give the, the example of like a video game, right? 
we all play video games and those video games have cheat codes and it's programmed by the person who made the video game. And you can be playing a game and hit up, down, left, right, A, B, A, B. And then, you know, you unlock this, you know, code within the video game. Well, man made video games and God made man, but he also made man with his own codes inside. And this breathing technique is literally a cheat code. And when you do this specific technique for a certain amount of time, it begins to unlock this magic within you. And it's not just woo-woo terms uh, I'm saying. You know, uh, something happens in the brain called transient hypofrontality. So the prefrontal cortex begins to quiet down. And that's a big deal because that thing is always on. It's the part of us that judges. It says, you're you, I'm me. This is good. This is bad. It's the monkey mind. It's the critic. It's the ego. But ultimately, it's your inner self-saboteur. So when you quiet that down, you're able to have this immense clarity and see the things that were in front of you the entire time. Some people call this flow state. It's, it's very synonymous, uh, transient hypofrontality and flow state. And another magical thing that's more responsible for the mystical experiences is the body begins to microdose dimethyltryptamine uh, when you do this breathing technique. Now, dimethyltryptamine, also known as DMT, is the most potent psychedelic known to man. But everybody's holding. We we all we all have it. It's on every plant and animal, uh, but it needs to be activated. And we only experience that when we go to bed at night and we dream. So it's literally the substance that allows you to dream and literally, you know, projects you into another dimension at night. That's how powerful this is. And there's documentaries on it on, on Netflix. And all of this begins to happen when you do this technique. And it's 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 quite profound to even think or believe that a breathing technique can do all these things. And that was the hardest thing for me to wrap my head around. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the connection and I, like I mentioned, I kind of working my way through your book and there was a piece at, I think page 76, you said the lungs actually produce more DMT than anywhere else in the body, which I found mind blowing because I thought, okay, maybe it's the brain. Maybe it's like, through the nervous system I don't know but that was really interesting and I remember after I did the first session I've done two at this point but the first session I was like man I feel like I'm breathing better and I have lung issues that I deal with um I basically got like a faulty lung on one side that kind of like um decides to collapse whenever it feels like it but after that um I felt like I could breathe a lot better because day to day it feels like somebody's like holding onto my lungs, like squeezing them. And that's how I'm breathing. But going through that process, I definitely felt more open, but going back to the DMT, I was like the lung, like the DMT is stored, this produced in the lungs. Like, how does that work? And it's amazing how everything kind of is intertwined with your breath. Correct. Yeah. Um, how long was your lung like that for? Were you born like that or was, did it happen? Oh, no. This started in 2019. Um, it still happens, uh, but it, yeah, the 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 breathing, it happens kind of like maybe once a month-ish. Yeah. But um, it, it affects my breathing like every day. So my yeah, lungs are constantly fun. tight every single day. Um, I, just out of curiosity, in 2019... Did you experience any type of loss in like family member or relationship or anything like that? Um, not in 
2019, but uh, I lost my grandmother the year before, 2018. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just asking because the lungs are the part of the body that uh, hold on to grief. So a lot of people who um, lost somebody or experienced some sort of, you know, major loss in, in general, it doesn't have to be someone who passed away. Um, that grief gets stored in the lungs and it can cause things like that to happen. So that's Interesting. I, I was curious. I didn't know that. Okay. I got to look more into that. I, that, that would make a lot of sense. Cause that was a, that was a year. 2018 was a long year and 2019 was longer than 2020. Of course was long for everybody. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I want to um, go back to, I know you talked about uh, most people, the majority of people that go through the, this breath, breathworks detox session end up having some sort of emotional outburst, usually crying. I know for Ray, he mentioned my brother, he said, he was crying and this this guy I don't think I've ever seen him cry. I don't think my husband's ever seen him cry. Um he might he might actually be the only person that's probably seen him cry, but um there's another quote in your book that um you actually quoted Sigmund Freud and said unexpressed emotions will never die. They are buried alive and will come forth in uglier ways. And then you go on to say if we don't allow ourselves to feel the scary emotions we need to feel that energy stays in the body like poison. If we don't clear out those toxic emotions and reverse the core belief that causes illness, it's very hard to heal. And that is, that kind of hit me. And then even just you saying now, like talking about how the lungs can be tied into like specific types of trauma um, is super interesting. But how do you, you know, as these people, as people uh, go through these emotions, kind of how do you manage that particularly in an in-person session? Yeah. So, you know, in person when I'm doing breath work, you know, I've done it for a couple hundred people and, you know, the more people, you know, I, I like to bring helpers to help hold space because if I'm, I'm leading, there's only so many people I can get to and facilitate because there's a lot going on as you experienced when I'm doing the breath work. I'm not just saying breathe and believing you on your own. I'm continuously guiding you through the entire process. Um, in in person, it's it's quite entertaining. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot that happens, and I usually bring helpers with me to help hold that space. But you know, I can you know I've held space for a hundred people, you know myself, and you know I, I it's it's um, everybody has a different experience. You know, everyone has a different form of release. Some people just laugh hysterically. Yeah, that was you know, me. I yeah. was just in my office with a candle and the lights off and like eye covers on the ground <laughs> laughing. And I was like, I don't even know what's funny. There's I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> Nothing is funny. Like, yeah. and I'm just laughing. And I just felt like lots of joy, but I was like, I don't know where this is coming from. But I guess I'm just gonna I'm just gonna answer it and just let it kind of flow through me. So it's kind of scary to be honest with you. Like I think my first uh, experience was like that first five or 10 minutes of breathing, it was, I hit a point where I was like, okay, this, I feel, I feel goofy right now. I'm just like by myself doing this very like weird breath. And I feel like I just want to stop. And I almost like, okay, I'm just going to, I think I'm just going to give up. Mm -hmm. And there's another part in your book where you talk about, you need to break through 
in order to experience a breakthrough. And I hadn't read the book at that time. I was just like fresh <laughs> into breath work. And, um, but yeah, I was just like, okay, if Ray did this, and I, I got to just keep going because there's got to be something else on the other side. But how do you kind of get people through from, you know, for people that do want to kind of back off or maybe like their breathing is slowed down and maybe they're like looking around the room and like, how do you get them back kind of on track? Yeah. So, you know, as a facilitator, cause I, I spend a lot of my time now uh, training other teachers to go out there and, and do what I do. And, you know, it's a question and I'd say the, energy that I use in the beginning is to get people to commit. So if you went on the, the virtual breath work in the beginning, um, I'm letting them know everything that's going to happen, all the physical sensations they're going to feel, all the emotions that could potentially come up, all the mental frick that's going to that's gonna come up and, and try to prevent them from having the experience because the brain is the part of you that's going to try to prevent you um, from having your breakthrough. Because your brain isn't designed to make you rich, smart, and sexy. Your brain is designed to keep you alive. That is what it's hardwired for, um, ultimately, so you can procreate. So anything you wanted to do, you have to program it you know, to do. And, and how it keeps you safe is by keeping you in your comfort zone. So when you do this technique, you're literally activating all your energetic centers, all this stored you know, sludge, emotional sludge, and stagnant energy that's been sitting there for years, uh, you begin to agitate it. And the, the brain's like, whoa, 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 like pump your brakes. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, you're crazy. This is what it'll say, whatever it needs to say to prevent you. And I spend a lot of time in the beginning letting people know, like, listen, if you want to have an experience like you read in, you know, the thousands of testimonials that I've been posting on my Instagram and on my website, you have to be able to breathe through um, in order to have that breakthrough. So you need to break through, breathe through. It's all the same thing. And not listen to that voice in your head that says, you know what, maybe I should stop. Maybe this is stupid. Why am I doing this? Whatever that voice is, it's not you. Everybody has it. Everybody. And I, and that's why I spent so much time in the beginning disarming um, those mechanisms that want to prevent you from having a breakthrough. Mm, yes. And I think... Yeah, I think, by the way, you do a great job of that. And I I think that also helped during the session because it wasn't something where you just kind of like click into the session, especially virtual. It is nice to like see everybody's faces and not feel like you're just by yourself and also to actually have you live there talking through it. So um, I actually have another person that um, I, after I did Breathworks, I was like telling all of my friends, all of my family, and I actually told my mom about it and she actually came to one of your sessions and she had, um, I got a little audio clip from her that I want to play for you. No so, way. Yes. 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 So I'm going to play that really quickly. Let me just move the mic. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and play this for you. Here we go. So I took the breathwork session and um, it was a really, really intriguing experience. Um, you know, our breath is organic and we've never been taught to use breath for anything but to sustain life. And, and it's not even taught, right? When I say it's organic, it's something that is very natural for us to do. 
we inhale, we exhale. <clears throat> Breathwork showed me not only to use it organically, but that you can heal from the inside out. Um, Breathwork allowed me to, it really manifested some results that I think freed me from my own physical, mental cage. Um, cage might be a bit strong, but I think that that's really indicative of how I felt. Um, I think it catapults you into another realm where internal and external struggles can be released and cleansed. So it's a really powerful process. Um, although I've performed some form of breath work in the past, this felt like a different experience. It felt like a different release. Um, and I think it felt like a process that was ultimately um, catapulting me into a different um, understanding of how to use breath. So bravo. Um, I think I'll absolutely do it again. Yes. So wow. that is my mom. And she is... Um... <laughs> I love... <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, yeah. So she was really, really excited. Um, and I think when I had told her about it, it was really hard for me to explain. Just like you were saying earlier, it is kind of hard to put into words what to really expect and um my mom is not and uh she, she's a harsh critic so <laughs> mm -hmm. and so um i was super excited to tell her about it but i was also really like i was really excited for her that she was able to open up and she was able to just go through the experience and that she that she had a really good experience so um yeah i just wanted to play that little tidbit for you i'll send that to you after but um yeah, I just, I wanted to, I think that what you do virtually, because that's all, that's what I have experienced. And it's just like taking the virtual session. Um, there were some things that kind of like surprised me. And I think one big one was the music. So I'm used to like, we think of breathing exercises and I, I picture like a YouTube, like I'm watching YouTube and there's like somebody sitting with like legs crossed and ohm and there's like, plants in the background and there's like zen music and I don't remember what song it was like a Katy Perry like fireworks or something like that and I was like oh this is different and <laughs> this is very different than what I expected and I feel like the energy that you brought like with the music was just super super high compared to what I thought so like how did you start choosing how do you create or curate this space um virtually yeah so for, as far as the music yeah I, I the meditation music in in yoga it's meant to serve its purpose right calm you relax you get you into you know alpha brain waves you know get you into a trance state and that's cool but that's not what we're doing with breathwork detox the purpose of breathwork detox is to tap into unconscious parts of the body, to tap into um, the emotional centers of the body. Music is powerful and music holds emotion, right? It opens up literally these, these emotional portals within your body, which is why you could be, you know, walking down the street and, and have someone drive by and you can hear a song that used to listen to when you were 16 and then all of a sudden it opens up those memories 
from when you were 16, just by hearing it. And then also the words and, and the beats and the drums from whatever song it is opens you up um, emotionally. This is why, you know, music is so powerful because it, you know, moves you. That meditation music, it doesn't move you. It doesn't open you. It relaxes you, calms you. That's not what we're trying to do. That we're using the music to, and, and also like my words and the music and the breath is the trifecta that allows people to have those, uh, those big experiences and releases. Yeah, I love that. I love that it's it's different. And I love that it's really like you feel like at first, like I didn't get it. And then once we actually started breathing, I was like, okay, this is like the driving force behind, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> behind the session. Um, so I want to ask you, because I know in one of the sessions you had mentioned that you, I know that you do sessions with all over the world. So who does breathworks? Like, yeah, who does breathworks or breathwork? <laughs> uh, I keep saying breathworks. Breathwork. Who, who does breathwork? Um, breathwork is becoming more and more mainstream. It, it will be become the new yoga, the new meditation. Um, I do yoga. I do meditation. They're great. Um, however, I believe two things. One, I believe meditation is an advanced practice, and the reason why I say that is because. If you look at the statistics, you know, statistically speaking, and even without statistically speaking, we know uh, the world is is stressed beyond belief. And there's Harvard studies that show that 60 to 90 percent, which is ridiculous, of all doctors' visits are stress related. Mm-hmm. You know, we had uh, anti-anxiety medication spike 34 percent since the pandemic. So. I believe the the world, everyone, everybody is suffering from some form of SAD, with SAD being an acronym for stress, anxiety, or depression. And the World Health Organization officially stated that, you know, anxiety, depression is the number one disability worldwide. So, you know, everybody's stressed out. And, you know, to be able to, you know, cut that stress down, um, you know, is a, you know, it's, it's, it's an epidemic, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it, 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 the pandemic eclipsed, you know, the epidemic and, you know, that is the decline, you know, in, in mental health. So, um, I was given the stress. We'll we'll repeat the question again. Sorry. I want to, I want to circle back. (laughs) No, that's okay. Um, who does, so who does breathworks? I know you kind of go at different places and yeah. 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 So, um, so the point was, um, the world's stressed out. It's it's becoming mainstream. Um, oh, that's what it was. If you try if you try to get some, uh, the majority of people to sit down, sit still, and don't think a thought for the next twenty minutes in meditation, they're going to get more stressed out. So the the way the world is, more people are going to be gravitating to breath work. The problem is not everybody knows about it, and the other problem is is people think they know about it, meaning that like your mom and somebody I talked to today and I, I talked to yogis who've been doing yoga for 10, 20, 30 years and like, Oh, I done breath work. Oh, I know what br- the breathing, I know what pranayama is. And then I say, okay, we'll come to one of my sessions. They come to my sessions and like, Holy crap. I thought I did breath. That is nothing like I experienced. Like I just posted on my story today. Um, there was a, a yoga teacher. She's one of the number one female empowerment coaches 
and she's a certified breathwork instructor. Oh, wow. She took my breath work and was like, I never experienced anything like that in my life. Mm-hmm. And she's actually taken my teacher training in December. So that's the, the struggle that I have is um, people either have no clue what it is or they think they know what it is. So my mission, my goal is to get on as many podcasts, you know, get out there as much as I can uh, to get people in here. And the, And the easy part is, that's the hard part. The easy part is, is people like you, right? And Ray and everybody else who come and then they have their experience. You can't help but to tell every single person you love because they need to experience that for themselves. So it's just a matter of time before it it catches wind. Now on a personal level, I've guided breathwork um, for many celebrities, big name celebrities, professional athletes, um, many of which I won't give their names just for confidentiality purposes. Um, but you can see testimonials on my website for the ones that, you know, did, did provide that. And then I also, you know, guide breathworks for some of the biggest companies in the world. Um, some of them being Nike and, um, I just did NASA last month. Yeah. That's the one I wanted to ask you about. Cause I know you said there were some, um, preconceived notions on there and as well It's like, what, who is this guy coming in? Like, We are literal rocket scientists. (laughs) What is he going to do for us? So can you tell us a little bit more, a little bit about that experience? Yeah, I had to be a little strategic when acquiring that uh, account. Um, There was a guy who did my breath work. I did a live breath work in Playa Vista. It was a a big one. And he was there and he worked for NASA. So he had the experience firsthand. So I had an insider vouching for me. However, you know, when you're dealing with, you know, companies, executives, you know, it's a different type of language and, and swag that, you know, I'll go in there with. Um, and when dealing with NASA, you know, you, you're dealing with rocket scientists, you know, literally. So I put together um, an expert panel of the world's top neuroscientist on breathing, Dr. Jack Feldman and uh, Dr. Helen Levetsky, who's the uh, top um, UCLA a psychiatrist on breathing. So these are like the top breathing experts. And I brought them to NASA with me. And I said to, said to NASA, Hey, let's go through this breathwork detox experience. You know, here's some data on it. Here's the case study we did with Nike. And uh, I'm going to bring in these expert panelists and we'll have a discussion about the, the mechanics and connections to emotion and, and the science behind breathwork. And it was like a package deal. And that's how I was able to get my foot in the door. And then after the event, um, I don't want to botch the quote, but they said something along the lines of this was the 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 most successful mindfulness event that yielded the most positive results in the in calls for future sessions. So it was a it made quite an impact, you know, there and and, and that's cool because you know, if I can affect, you know. Yeah, that's no small feat. You can can go anywhere, you know. If you can walk into NASA (laughs) and walk out with um, people like talking about breath work, I think you've accomplished something really, really big. Yeah, no, it was cool for sure. That's awesome. So, um, I I know you talking. You know, we're talking about really getting the word out about breath work. But how did you? How did you find breath work? Who introduced it to you? Yeah. So, you know, prior to becoming certified breathwork instructor, I was already certified life coach, hypnotherapist, NLP practitioner, 
uh, Reiki master, uh, sports science, fitness professional. I was like a certification collector. And in it was really a this stomach condition that I had, and it was de- deteriorating my health. And I started going on these health pads, and now I started to to not just collect the certifications, but you know, find modalities in, in, in health biohacking that could help me. And I had a Taoist tummy massager who she, you know, literally just works with your, your stomach and the energies in there. And she's the one that told me about this specific technique because I learned some in India and I actually have a cool story about um, a, a straw breathing technique that literally saved my life. Um, and that was even before I found breathwork detox, but um, so once I found breathwork detox in this technique, I went to my first event in LA and I had my big breakthrough. I did this big, ugly cry mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm in, I'm in there and like, I'm, I'm lying down and, you know, the instructor didn't explain it that as well. So I didn't really know what was happening. And I remember this little, you know, she was like 90 pounds soaking wet. Uh, lady next to me and then there's like this jack six foot five dude who played for the for the nfl rams so you know 15 minutes in we're all breathing this girl starts crying her eyes out and i'm breathing i'm like damn i wonder what happened to her like she must have had a bad day she must have broke up with her boyfriend i don't know and then five minutes later the big jack dude he started crying you know this person crying that person crying everyone in the back's crying I'm like, what the heck is going? On? Why is everyone? And before I can even finish the thought, I'm doing the big ugly cry, and uh, and I floated home that night, and I was suffering with that stomach condition for five years. And best doctors from LA to New York, thousands in copayments. Doctors couldn't tell me what was wrong with me. They couldn't diagnose me. And I woke up the next morning. Um, and I was instantly healed from that breathing technique the night before, but my body was like, you know, so buzzing. I couldn't even realize it into the morning cause I just felt so good. And, you know, I'm a Capricorn. I'm very Same. analytical, very, yeah. you know, um, got to see it, believe it, like, you know, black and white. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, all of that and logical. And I couldn't wrap my head around how this was possible now mind you i was doing everything i i you know i was i went to the jungle and did ayahuasca 14 times with the shamans sleeping in the middle of the amazon rainforest right i don't even like mosquitoes so you know and i was doing all types of like crazy combo healing which is like you literally the shaman gets a little um almost like tinier than a, a cigarette it's like a little stick and he burns a hole in your arm, like five little dots. And he gets this uh, Amazonian monkey tree fry. It's this poisonous frog. And they agitate it. It gets the poison. And they put the poison on the open wound. And what that does is it, it goes in and you just, it's like a full body detox. You vomit, like very invasive. Just to give you an idea yeah. Of like to how far into the ends of the earth I went to try to heal this condition to believe that a breathing technique is the, is what did it. I couldn't wrap my head around it, but then I was sitting there. I said, you know what? I know why these doctors couldn't tell me what was wrong with me. And that's because my issue wasn't physical. Mm-hmm. It was energetic. It was emotional and they don't have an answer for that stuff. Just a pill. And I wasn't trying to have a pill. Um, 
because I have another crazy story about my, my anxiety and my panic attacks when I was on those pills and it's quite hard to get off of them. So, you know, I was just looking for the healing, the natural healing modality. So breathwork, breathwork did it. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit more about like the anxiety that you had experienced? Yeah. So this is back in, I don't know what, what year this was. This was a while ago. Um, I think it was 2008. Um, this is the year I think the market crashed. Yeah, um, housing and, market crashed. Housing market crashed. crashed. Everything um, crashed. My yeah, and then um, I think I lost my job that time. I lost my brother, mm-hmm. and my house burnt down all in the same time. Oh my goodness! So I was extremely stressed out, and I started having uh, anxiety attacks. So what happens is when stress goes unchecked, it turns into a bigger monster, right? And which is anxiety. When anxiety goes unchecked and turns into a bigger monster, which are panic attacks. Panic attacks go unchecked, turns into a bigger bigger monster, which can lead to health conditions or depression or whatever it may be. So at this time, I was just, you know, having these panic attacks. And man, I don't know if anyone had panic attacks, but it's like the equivalent to death. Like you feel like you're dying, and it's it's horrible. And I had to walk around with a little pill in my pocket. And if I didn't have that pill in my pocket, I would automatically have a panic attack just because I knew I didn't have it. And if I had it in my pocket, I knew I was okay because if I needed it, it was there. So anyways, that's what was going down. And my panic attacks were so bad that, you know, mind you, my house burnt down. So now I'm staying in my mom's house and I'm staying in her boyfriend's house in the basement. And the panic attacks were so bad. I remember there was a bell by my bed and I used to, it was there because when I was having a panic attack, I would get the bell and I would ring the bell. So my mom could hear me upstairs and come downstairs and comfort me. Now, mind you, I'm a grown man, but just to paint the picture of how bad the panic attacks were. And I was uh, taken, I think it was like, Ativan, and mm-hmm. you're only supposed to take one. I was taking three at a time, which would normally knock somebody out, but it was just kind of like, you know, balancing my nervous system, then knocking me out. Um, and I remember I went to the doctors to get a refill, and it was this Chinese doctor who was um, a substitute or whatever you want to call for my doctor. My doctor wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I'll never forget this, she looked at me. She said, Curtis, uh, she's like, what do you hear? I was like, oh, I'm refilling my prescri- prescription. What do you take in? Da, da, da. And then she looked at me and she said, I'm going to write it for you for today. Um, but I want you to know something. And I was like, what? She goes, you're heading down a dark path. And I was like, shit. <laughs> I'm like, she's like, what happens is when you have these on you and because when you feel a panic attack come and you take it, which only suppresses that, that energy. It doesn't do nothing. It's making your problem worse. So I'm like, crap. And I'm like, Oh, well, you know, I'm like, I need, I need, I can't function like without it. She's like, yeah, you can. I'm like, no, I can't. She's like, how about this? I'm going to teach you a breathing technique. Next time you're having a, a panic attack, do this breathing technique. And she goes, when you're doing the breathing technique, you're going to feel like you're going to die or pass out, mm. but I promise you're not. So 
she, what she taught me was straw breathing. So she's like, when you're having the panic attack, she goes, breathe in through your mouth and out through the mouth normal, but restrict your lips. So it's like you're sucking on a straw, mm. you're blowing a kiss, or um, you're whistling. So like this. So it's, a, it's just very simple. So Wow. So you have to do that the whole time. All you need is all you need is three or four of them. Yeah. And what happens is when you're freaking out, right? You want to go, you you want to take deep breaths. Deep breaths makes it worse when you're having that that panic attack, right? You want to restrict, you want to keep that, you know, carbon dioxide in. So um, if you can hold it together just for those those three breaths, slow in, slow out. And I remember. It was three o'clock in the morning. I woke up with a panic attack. Mm. Woke up from a sleep from a panic attack. And I grabbed my pills. I put the pills in my hand. I remember I had like three or four of them and I was about to swallow them. And I just remembered that lady, you're going down a dark path. Mm. So I was like, oh my God. So I clenched him in my fist and I was like, and, I, and I'm telling you, I'm like, oh my God, I am going to pass out. I'm going to have a heart attack. My throat's going to close. Like my mom's going to find me on the floor. And the very last moment, right before I was going to quit, it was like, if it was to make a noise, I don't even know if it made a noise, but if it were to make a noise, it was like, and then everything just subsided. Mm. And I never had to carry that pill ever again. And it was from a breathing technique. Now, you would think that I'd be like, breath work is the thing. Is the thing. <laughs> no, like I had to forget about that for like 10 years and then come back to it and learn it all over again. With another yeah. Now I'm like, wow, every single thing where I had a breakthrough when my life was, was the worst, I can't believe uh, breathing technique is what got me out of it every time. Yeah. So, Hey, you got to like pay attention when the universe is it's like talking to you. you know, I don't want to go do that again. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's amazing. Like breath. It seems like breath was going to find you and this work was going to find you at some point, at some stage in life. One way or another, a hundred percent. And that's the crazy thing. Like people, you know, when some people meet me, they're like, Oh my God, you, you probably breathe better than anybody that I know. And then I look and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I'm the worst breather in the world. <laughs> like that, like I need breath work the most. Why yeah. do you think I'm doing this like full time? You know, like I need this to, to function. Like if I didn't have breath work, I would not be on this podcast. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be doing half the things I'm doing. I wouldn't be m- making a quarter of the money that I'm making. Like I there's so many things I would not be able to do because I just, I wouldn't be able to, to, to function. I couldn't function that way. Yeah. So it's created a whole new life for me. So I'm, um, I am very much um, indebted <laughs> yeah. to breath. To breath. <laughs> well, I want to have a little surprise for you. Another um, one. Jeez, yeah, all these surprises. The last one. Don't ask for any more. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a little surprise for you. I'm going to play it. Um, all right, here we go. Ready? Good evening, everyone. My name is Ray Daniel. First and foremost, I want to give a special shout out to my sister, Ashley, who uh, created an amazing podcast, Black Girls Have Anxiety, too. Um, 
another shout out to my good friend and life-changing mentor, Curtis, the legend, the man himself from the stars. Um, Curtis really gave me a lot of clarity in the time where I had a lot of questions. And, you know, as a man, it's difficult to get these answers because we're looked at as the ones who are supposed to know it all, figure it out, keep a, keep a smile on no matter what, stay tough, never, never be weak, never be seen emotional or anything like that. And that's exactly what I was going through when I was introduced to Curtis. Um, it was a time where I really had no clarity. I had no direction. And after my first session of Breathworks, I got all my questions answered. I honestly am hooked. Um, spiritually, it just, it just made me feel clean again. Uh, it shut out the voices in my head you know, the, the disruption, the, uh, just everything. And honestly, if you haven't done breath work, I highly suggest it. I've referred a lot of friends to Curtis's, uh, online session and they've all came back and told me how life-changing it was and how they can't wait to do a session in person. So I will say to everyone, please, please give breath work a shot. It's life-changing and I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Wow. My goodness. That was beautiful. I love, I love your brother. Yes. He's, he's such awesome. a, a good soul. He's a good guy. Shout out to you, Ray. I appreciate you. But, um, I, I appreciate your time. I know, um, I you can go a little longer if you want. Okay. Let's, let's roll with it. Um, yeah. well, if we're going to stay a little longer, we are going to get into our mind game segment of the podcast. So, uh, the mind game segment is the segment where I basically read a, uh, tell the audience a syndrome without telling them what it is. And then everybody gets to guess, you gets to get, you get to guess. And, um, yeah, we'll see if you get it right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't All know right. what the syndrome is, so I already got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Just, you can get creative if you want to. Okay. okay. All right. So, um, for this this episode's mind game uh question here we go all right the the compulsive hoarding of rubbish and seemingly random items is the main feature of this syndrome which is found mainly in the elderly and is associated with progressive dementia other characteristics include extreme self-neglect apathy social withdrawal and a lack of shame um it occurs in both men and women um, other symptoms are uh, dirty homes, per poor personal hygiene, and withdrawing from life and society. Um, often these people live alone and are unaware that anything is wrong with the condition of their home and lack of self-care. Self uh, this can lead to illnesses like pneumonia or accidents like falls or fires. Um, it is often through these situations that the person's condition first becomes known. Um, there's two versions of this syndrome. One is primary blank syndrome, which means the diagnosis is given when no additional mental illness has been diagnosed. The other is secondary, where this syndrome uh, is diagnosed uh, when an additional mental illness is part of the overall diagnosis. Uh, 
this reticular syndrome can be linked to mental illnesses that include schizophrenia, obsessive compulsive disorder, aka OCD, depression, dementia, addiction, uh, particularly to alcohol. Um, And other warning symptoms are skin rashes caused by poor hygiene, fleas or lice, matted or unkempt hair, overgrown toenails or fingernails, body odor, unkept appearance, unexplained injuries, malnutrition, and uh, dehydration. Whew, it's intense. Curtis, you have any any guesses for this one? Uh, I'd like to uh, use a lifeline. <laughs> you want me to call Ray? <laughs> yeah, we got to call Ray real quick. <laughs> so for anybody that's listening, I am going to give you about uh, 15 more seconds to guess or hit up Dr. Google and you can uh, see the answer there. But uh, while you guess... While you think about what the answer is, I do just want to remind everybody that we are doing live episodes of the podcast over on Bullhorn, bullhorn.fm. Go make sure that you download the app uh, or go to the website and follow Black Girls Have Anxiety too there. Then you can join our live episodes. You can call in. You can ask questions. You can enter the chat room. It's pretty interactive. And I would actually love to actually meet some of you guys. Um, So make sure you do that. The description um, has the link for Bullhorn in the description um all right you ready for the answer curtis uh yes all right (laughs) so the answer to this mind games uh question is diogenes it could also be pronounced diogenes to be honest with you i'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it but it's spelled d-i-o-g-e-n-e-s syndrome i thought it was hoarding i thought it was similar to hoarding when i first read it yeah. Um, it sounds kind of similar to hoarding, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I was going to say hoarding, but you, you, you already said hoarding in the description. So I knew that wasn't it. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoarding hermit as a hermit syndrome. Yeah. Maybe. I, I, I don't know. know. I haven't seen that I one yet. Even know, I didn't, I wouldn't even know what to Google to get that right. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That, that was a different one. It's, there's a lot going on. Um, I want to hop back into breath work and, and I want to talk a little bit about um, what is one particular success story that comes to mind when you think about breath work? Um, mine? <laughs> no, I, I've, I, okay. So the one that amuses me the most is how, because it happened a few times. So I know it wasn't a few, a fluke, but women being able to get pregnant, um, oh, with breath work. There's okay, a lot so of, I need to women. come back to every session then. Yeah. <laughs> as far as infer- infertility, there's mm. been quite a few, about a dozen of women who, um, now mind you, I've, I've guided breath work for tens of thousands of people, 27 countries. Um, but a dozen a woman had got back to me and said, Hey, listen, um, one lady, she did a testimonial. So I'll share hers. She and her husband were trying to get pregnant for eight years. And for eight years, they were going to fertility doctors. Like they really wanted to have this kid because now they're getting older and that window is closing. And she was right on the brink of, of giving up. So she did my breath work and in the breath work, she said that she felt this heavy, um, dark, like energy, um, in her belly. And she, when she was doing the breath work, she felt it 
literally leave, like lift mm. off of her. And when it lifted off of her, in her third eye, like, you know, like when you close your eyes, you can kind of see visions or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not like, like if I said close your eyes right now and, and think of a, um, a red apple, like mm-hmm. wherever you saw that red apple is kind of what you'd see. But she saw a flash of a, a baby's face. And she said at that moment, she knew that whatever lifted, lifted from her uterus, whatever energy that was, and she knew she was going to get pregnant. And sure enough, two, three weeks later, she was pregnant. Wow. And she left a testimonial, a video testimonial, which I thought was pretty cool. And I thought she, I thought she was going to name the baby after me or something like that, but she, she didn't. <laughs> you, uh, you got too excited, Curtis. <laughs> I was too excited. Um, but then another one and another one and another one. And, you know, I think the fact that breathwork, you know, can help create life. I mean, that's the one that just gets me the most. There's been tons of success stories of, uh, you know, people healing physical ailments, right? Shoulders that have been hurting for, you know, you know, four years, a breathwork heals the shoulder. Um, there's a lady named Judith. She's been doing breathwork for longer than me. I read her book. She, I'm not sure she's alive right now, but she, um, she healed her cancer with mm-hmm. breathwork and wrote a whole book on it. Um, so there's really, there's nothing in my mind that I don't think breath work could, um, help alleviate or eradicate depending on, you know, whatever it is. And if that person's ready, um, for me, you know, I went to the best doctors and, you know, from New York to LA spent all this money, nothing And this breathing technique is what did it. So, um, yeah, a lot of physical stuff, a huge emotional healing. Um, you know, people getting rid of their anxiety, their asthma, um, you know, all types of, you know, cool success stories. And, and, and I think the cool one is, is manifesting. I like when people are, their lives change. And the reason why their lives change after doing breath work is because they're able to lift the energies that were blocking them. You hear all these people say, Oh, I have a block. I don't know. I feel blocked. Well, you know, you, you are in a sense, because my first book, the world is yours, the secret behind the secret. That was all about the laws of the universe and spirituality and the law of attraction and, and how to manifest and power of thoughts and visualization. That's what that book was. Now in, in, in hindsight, knowing what I know now, um, I have a little different outlook on manifesting because everybody knows how to manifest, right? Mm-hmm. We all have thoughts, we all have visions, we all imagining, we all have these desires, but some people are better at it than others, right? And for a lot of people who have these trouble trouble manifesting, it's because they're still holding on to something from the past that's that's you know taking up that space. So for instance, you know, look at look at it as a runway. You know, if there's something on the runway where at an airport, that plane they will not let that plane take off, right? If there's there's a plane in the air and it's trying to land, it will not land unless they clear that runway. So when you clear that runway and that junk in your life, you're able to land or take off and go wherever you want. But if you don't clear that runway, what is air traffic control going to do? It's going to have you circle and circle and circle, right? Until it's cleared. And that's why a lot of people feel like they're going circles and circles you know, going through life with one foot on the gas, one foot on the brake, you know, they, they want, they want this and they even know what to do, but they're not doing what they know, you know, and, and that hesitation is what causes pain. 
and people need to clear the runway and that and that what they need to clear is energy right it is emotional baggage because emotional baggage it weighs you know and, and sometimes it's not the just the weight of the baggage it's how you carry it and a lot of people have been carrying around some heavy ass shit for a really long time and granted they had to be strong for their kids for their parents you know for whoever it may be their husband their wife but that stuff it, it wears on you and physical emotionally mentally and the thing about the emotional baggage here's the crazy thing you do not know you have it until it's gone mm. and that's what breathwork does it's like it releases you and you're like oh my god i feel amazing i feel light i didn't even know i was holding on to all that crap i didn't even know i could feel this good and you know that's the that's the beauty of it and that's why i think and i'd like to see everyone in the world you know do a breathwork session because i think the world would would literally change overnight yeah, I think it would. I mean, I know just for myself, the experiences that I've had in the, in the two sessions I've done, I know it as far as my anxiety. And I, I remember getting done and I just sat on the couch and I just I didn't even say anything for like a couple minutes. And I told my husband, I was like, of all the things I've tried and Lord knows I have a very big what I call anxiety coping toolbox with yoga and um meditation and walking and grounding and CBD and like all these things that I've tried and therapy. Like I've got all these things in, in my toolbox. And I was like, this thing is like the heaviest tool in there because <laughs> this thing, I, my anxiety, even just from the first session, my anxiety has not gone back to what it was prior to that session. And I was like, I, like you said, I didn't realize how busy my mind has been since birth <laughs> you know <laughs> since you know middle school I would probably say when I started kind of having issues with my mental health I think I've never even realized how much my how high my anxiety is and how I've been functioning with it that way for so long until after that first session where I was like wow that this is how everybody else is living like this must be nice I don't have like 50 million different voices going on and you know I'm thinking yeah. about 10 different things I've got to do tonight and then tomorrow night and I'm, and I wake up and I'm, I mean, it's, it's been a huge uh, point of clarity for me. So I, I just am hell bent on getting the word out and I'm really, really happy that, that you were able to join today. I do just have one final question for you. And I asked a lot of my guests this, sure. what advice would you give to your younger self? Oh man. Yeah. <clears throat> It's it's interesting you say that because I think my next book, um, so I acquired this the intellectual property to selftalktherapy.com. Mm. And part of that is is you know, talking to your younger self. And man, I, I mean I think it's some of the my roughest years, even though I shared all this crazy stuff with you, was actually um in my childhood years, right? Mm. Which was um, majority of stuff that I was healing from, from my stomach conditions when I had my big, you know, breakthrough. And man, if you're talking to your, your youngest self, I mean, you got to assure them, obviously that everything's going to turn out for the good that in the end, it's going to, it's going to turn out good. And if it's, um, not good, you know, then 
it's not the end. Yeah. You know, you're gonna be able to. Did my face freeze? It did, oh, but I, I, we got, okay. we got the, <laughs> we got nice, the gist but, of what you're saying. Um, yeah, and and you know, um, having a father figure, I think, would have been nice. You know, I, I kind of grew up saying like, you know, I, I didn't really need him. Like I had my mom, but in hindsight, as being a man and and, and being um, a father who my, my daughter's in the other room, you know, I, I pick her up every day from school, drop her off, bring her to work. So she's 50, she's 15 now. She's about to be 16 and like take off a car. So I, I got to enjoy these last moments. Yeah. But actually being a father, um, you know, I realized like, you know, a young boy does need a, a father figure, you know? So, um, you know, being able to, to talk to the, and I talk to, you know, my younger self, you know, quite yeah. often. And it's really reassuring, you know, let him know he's, he's loved, um, you know, cause there's some serious things that, that he went through and a lot of my, my healing majority of it, it wasn't even, you know, things like recent, it was more like childhood stuff. So, um, I'm happy where I'm at. I'm letting him know he's going to be a kick-ass man. <laughs> you know, you're going to be changing people's lives in the future. You're going to write a best-selling book. You're going to be working with cool companies and celebrities. Like, don't worry, little homie. You're going to be all right. It's going to be good. You know? so, going to be good. That's what that, I'm saying. That's awesome. I, I, um, man, I think inner child work is, we, we don't talk about that enough. So, you know, whenever you're ready to come back, talk about (laughs) talk about that the door is open for sure Um, but I appreciate your time I appreciate you coming on the podcast Um, you've got a huge breathwork fan uh, fan base growing in in my family so (laughs) um, and also in in my podcast family as well I can you let the people know where they can find you and then if there's any virtual or in-person sessions coming up that they can attend Yes. So I don't know when this is airing. I'm doing a breathwork this Sunday, but I do live virtual breathworks every two weeks. And if you want to know when, just look at the moon calendar. I typically do them on every new moon and every full moon and usually powerful um, astrological configurations and, um, you know, equinoxes. So whenever those are happening. I am doing a powerful virtual event that anyone can attend. It's open to the public. Uh, it's only 35 bucks. I made it extremely affordable so I could be able to work with the masses. And uh, if you want to get a hold of me, um, you can go to man from the stars. That's my Instagram. I try to be as active as I can on there and respond you know, back to people. And if you want to see all the programs that we have to offer with breathwork detox, because we have you know, boot camps, we have memberships, all, all teacher training, all this stuff. Just go to breathworkdetox.com and you'll be able to kind of peruse the site and, and choose. And you can also click support and you will answer any questions that you have. We even do uh, free consultations as well. Awesome. Well, thank you, Curtis. Um, again, like Curtis said, um, make sure if you're interested, if this sounds like something you want to try, if you're ready for, for a change, um, just reach out and, and just, just book it. Don't even think about it. Just book it, block out the time in your calendar. Don't eat before. Cause <laughs> I almost ate a big meal before the first one. Yeah. No, don't <laughs> like do that. The food was in the kitchen. I almost ate a big meal, but um, in all seriousness, like make sure you guys, uh, if this is something you want to look into, uh, keep exploring. 
um, reach out to to Curtis and reach out to his team and, and they are super, super helpful. Um, but yeah, thank you, Curtis. I appreciate your time. This has been um, really, really fun. And yeah, I appreciate what, what you're out there doing. So, so thank I'm, you. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited for you. So thank you. Uh, and tell your mom, thank you very much. And I will tell your brother, uh, thank you very much when I get off this podcast. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. And thank you to everybody that uh, has tuned into another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2. Shout out to you guys for um, taking some time out for yourself to listen to the pod. Um, I hope that you learned some really fun and powerful things today. And um, I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day, night, wherever you are. And I'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2. No matter where you are in the world, I really appreciate your support. See you again on the next episode, but until then, follow us on Instagram at Black Girls Have Anxiety 2 and on Twitter at Anxious Black Girls. That's Anxious BLK Girls. And remember, just because you're struggling doesn't mean you have to struggle in silence. The more we talk about it, the more we heal. <laughs>